I'd rather do a 10K than a 200 fly. <laughs> I know that's a hot take. That is a hot take. But for me, 200 fly is something I, when I see Ilya doing it, I'm like, damn, <laughs> that's crazy. Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got the full crew, Dr. John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and joining us from the desert, Zola and Shar Khan. What's going on, man? How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. Actually, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's pretty much after practice now, so I'm down for everything. Well, dude, you told us before we got started, you did a, a mile for time today. What's, yeah. what's going on with that? Um, we stood it up for a mile today. Um, basically, it was just like a hard week training. Um, just for Saturday, we, uh, my coach, actually Logan, decided to do this mile for like all out, suiting up. I went uh, 15 10 in long course, so that's well good. <laughs> I think it was pretty all right. Um, I could have done better, but I, when I jumped in, uh, my goggles got loosened, so I had to like fix them all the and all the turns, like push them inside. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, but 15 10 was all right. How often are you guys suiting up in practice? Um, not really often. It depends on the groups, I guess. Um, but Sometimes we do, and when we do, it's it's pretty much all out. Damn, that's crazy. Go ahead, Luke. I was, I was gonna say, um, fifteen ten. I mean, your best time before that meet in December was fifteen oh four, and then you dropped yeah. down eleven seconds, man. So fifteen ten's your third best time ever in in season. Yeah, know, during yeah. The week after a hard week, right? I, I bet yeah, it was all of the all of our uh, swimming sessions were like eight k or nine k this week. So, I mean, all the, all of the trainings we do is pretty much. In my group, in the distance group, it's like 9K, somewhere around that. Have you traditionally been a swimmer who drops a lot of time when you taper? Or you swim fast when it's time to swim fast, no matter what? Um, I guess. I, I, I think a lot of times I swam the mile or, or any any events, I always try to go for a PB, whatever, if, if, I, if I'm tapered or not. So <clears throat> basically, since I was a kid, yeah, I think I always drop big times offs but because the reason behind that is that i didn't have the great times so basically i just did better every time i could well let's touch on that for a second for the audience i mean a year ago to now your your ncaa times to your dual meet times now it's a crazy difference i mean i'm, I'm seeing a 416 last year nc to 413 right uh, yeah. a, a 1442 to in season 1428 1650 i mean this continues uh it's is it your growth maturity more training uh learning to race it better uh learning to race yards better what what do you think it is overall yeah i think my uh pretty much i think what happened was that i got more endurance that's for sure i'm swimming smarter now i don't go all out like in the first 500 in a mile which is actually got a lot to do with it. Um, but also my physiques change a lot, I think. Uh, I was a little guy last semester. That's how I feel right now. And now I'm like growing up a lot more faster than I than I like imagined before. So yeah, pretty much a physique. And also like just my mentality. I work on that like every other week, every week with my uh, mental coach. So yeah, I'm just fully into swimming right now. Wow. 
Well, let's talk about race strategy. I was lucky enough to be on deck at Pac-12s when you won the mile last year. And I think it was the whole first half of the mile you breathed to your left side. And then the whole <laughs> second half, you breathed to the right side. And I go to Bob, I was like, interesting breathing pattern there. And he just looked at me like, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what we're going to get from this kid was kind of the response. Or I, you don't know what he's ever going to do. So maybe tell us about your current race strategy and some more details of the things you're working for other than not sprinting the first 500. Yeah. Um, so I have a really unique technique, that's for sure. I, I don't really do what everybody does. Like some people have the like a, a favorite side to brief in, right? I don't. I do both sides. I, I don't really, because if I do one side, then my other side is going to be like terrible by the end of the race. So pretty much what I do is just like 150, I'm going to brief on one side and the other 50, I'm going to brief on the other side. Or in yards, it's, it's just like changing up in like 25 yards. So um, that's one thing. Yeah, what I mentioned earlier, basically I just changed my tactics to not go all out nowadays. <laughs> um, and also just swim as fast as I can. I guess that's what that's what everybody does. So nothing really special here. Let, let's talk about your breathing. So uh, David Johnson breathes into every wall when he set the American record in the 800. Uh, what's your breathing off the wall? What's your breathing into the wall, and why? Um, my coaches are not happy about it, but I actually do breathe in like this the lot in the last. Uh, stroke I do before the wall and breathe in in the first stroke I do out of the wall so I don't know it's it's actually they say that that slows me down and I don't feel like it I might have to um improve in that later but I think for for now I, I get so much so much oxygen that it like helps me with my swing yeah sure. speaking of David Johnson he once had a commentator, I think maybe in that race when he was setting that American record, David Johnson is spread eagling the field. <laughs> it's, it's my favorite, it's my favorite commentator quote ever. He's all rowdy stuff. What's somebody gonna say when you're dominating the field? What, what are they gonna say about you? Zulan Sarkani dominating the field, I guess. Nobody can pronounce him. Name right. We're gonna mispronounce your name. Yeah, that's that's 100%. <laughs> Brian, what happens with him is that the camera doesn't realize he's finishing. So the camera just follows the field, follows the field. He stops, and the camera kept following the field. He didn't realize that he was about to lap the field. That's what happened. Yeah, that's, that's the ultimate. That's the ultimate yeah, that happened at the call meet, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was just like going for it i guess then when i saw everybody that i was like trying to laugh that, that like gave me an extra motivation to just push harder have you actually ever had a counter like someone who's counting for you mess up no i don't think so actually i don't think so i messed up a few times though when i swam the 1453 back in december at home in hungary um I didn't know where I was at all, but I had a counter, but I, but in Hungary, like, or on in international swimming in general, we don't like push down the counter under the water. Right. We just like, like hold it above the water. Which and, is so uh, dumb. Why do they hold it above the water? You can't, you can't I see don't it. know. Yeah. You have to like look back a bit in order to like see it. And that takes time. Right. And I didn't know where I was uh, in the 1500 and I was like, 
in the last 50, I looked back and I didn't see it, right? So I had to look back twice. <laughs> so that, that like gave me a really bad sprint in the end. I bet. I, I remember when Matt Sates won NCs um, in 2000 and was it three guys? Two, three, two. Um, and it was like the third 500 he'd ever swum in his career. And he, and he dominated and he said he could have so much faster, but he miscounted. So he put on the jets like a 50 too late. Oh, are you still learning to swim like the 500? Because it's not really a distance that you are, you know, 20 laps, not really a distance you're, you're used to like pacing and getting to master. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically for me, yards is still a new thing, right? Yeah. I mean, since I, since I was swimming when I was uh, like free, I always swam in long course meters. So that was like a, a new environment, a new pool for me, the whole mm -hmm. yard thing. Mm -hmm. And um 500 is not so different from 400 meters. So, and I always thought about the 400 as like a, a special event for me. It's like not too distance, but it's like somewhere around there. And that, I think I got more of like speed, which I can use uh, like all in all in, in the in the 500. So yeah, I think 500 is, is now one of my main events. Wow. You mentioned earlier that last year you were just a little guy and now that you're kind of getting into your body a little bit more. So I'd love to talk a little bit about maybe what you're doing outside of the pool um, and what's changed that, whether it's strength training. I know we all have preconceptions about distance swimmers just doing like the swim bench over and over or doing, you know, just a thousand crunches and that's it. And that's, you know, other than that, it's get in the pool and swim yardage, yardage, yardage. So what are you doing or what's maybe helped you kind of fill out and, you know, change, change your body. Yeah. So in, uh, I think in Hungary, we, I had a personal trainer called Ati Kurutz and, um, he definitely helped. He, he's the personal tra tra trainer for Christoph, Christoph Rashovsky and David Bethlehem too, David Bethlehem. So he definitely changed up the way of my thinking of lifting and, and of, of outside of the pool training. Um, I think I gained a lot of like muscle there which isn't so good, but, but like, I, I think I gained a perfect, perfect amount of it. Cause if I gain too much of a muscle, that's going to just push me down in the water. And, and like, I have to carry that weight through a whole 16, through a whole mile, which is, I think a lot. Um, but here it's pretty much the same. We do, we do lifting distance is not so different than other, other events uh, outside of the pool. So we actually do lifting and um, I have a, I mean, we have a personal trainer here too um, called Jake and um, it's pretty much every other day we have lifting days. So we do it. Well, based off your experience with your personal trainer in Hungary and at Arizona state, what would you say are some of the best strength exercises that you found for you and yeah. for distance swimmers? Um, I think, I know it doesn't seem like it, but my leg, my kicking got better. <laughs> I know I still don't do kicking too much. Uh, I still think that's just a waste of energy in the, in a mile, not in the 500. You really need kicking in the 500. But um, we've been doing like like squats. That's one of my favorites for sure. Um, cleans too, and and just general stuff. Nothing special actually. We just I just have to like keep up my body strength too outside of the water.
Hey, I'm just curious for context for some of the listeners. So when you say that you're not very good at kicking, like how fast can you still do a hundred short first yards kick? No clue. I actually don't have a clue. I don't. You guys got to do some kind of set. I remember in college, we used to do uh, 2100s on one third. The interval was 130. It was like a standard for the team. You had to be able to make 130 short course yards. Um, is there anything that you guys do kind of like that? Where it's like, everybody's got to at least be able to hit this minimum standard. Yeah, I think I'm at the lowest minimum standard with kicking. But um, yeah, actually, when I kick, I don't really kick freestyle kicking. When we have like kicking uh, exercises sets, don't tell me your feet cross over. Don't do that weird distance swimmer thing where you do where you do this. No, 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 no. I don't do that. I do. Um, well, I do fly kicking or or backstroke kicking. Pretty much. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I, I like that more, and I think I'm faster on the, in those, which is not so good because I gotta practice freestyle kicking a li little bit more. But <laughs> I guess what it is, man. So. Well, at what point, how do coaches uh, feel about that sort of thing? Because like, I feel like especially in distance swimming, more so than it comes to shorter races or shorter distances, the technique aspect is, I mean, on one side of the argument, you'd say it's super important because you have more reps and more time to get it right or get it wrong over, you know, 800 or 1,000 or 1,500. But the other side of the coin is, hey, like, you got to be able to maintain this and body types and styles are so different. And it feels like with distance swimming, we end up seeing like a lot of different forms have success. And it, it's just so individual, whereas I feel like that's less common in other events. So like at what point do, do you have a coach, especially like, you know, where you've been in your life, you know, transitioning into a college environment, you know, it, and um, at what point do you have coaches that say like, OK, like first they want to develop the kick and then at some point it's like you know that's just like maybe not the best thing for me to be successful and they accept yeah, it absolutely um basically yeah since i've been here at asu they try to get me with kicking on but they realize that it's not how i swim it's and i'm not gonna be we don't know yet we don't know that for sure that i'm not gonna be faster with it but it just worked out i guess without doing too much kicking and um, I actually have a really strong um, um, pulling part. So basically, like when we do 200s in a, in a training, I go two minutes in long course um, with pulling, with a, with a buoy and a band on. So, <laughs> what the yeah. band do? Yeah, band, band is one of the main things we do in Hungary. Band and buoy, it's like the best combo we could do. <laughs> Wait, does everybody at ASU do with a band too? Because no, this is my number one swimming pet peeve is people who kick with a pull buoy and I hate it more than anything else. More I, than yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Nobody, no, not anybody. So not everybody do it. Basically, just some of us. I think Dylan Gravy does it from my group and um, a few other guys. But yeah, when, when I see somebody like besides me who doesn't have a band on and he's doing pulling, I'm just like, Oh man, that's just like an extra advantage for them. I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna still beat them though. So I'm I'm still trying to get do that. So call them out. Who's the biggest offender? Who who's, who needs um to be called out in, in public for in this, their, their in grievance? The, oh, um Jake Mason. <laughs> he's, he's one of the guys, but he's training so well, he's like like one of my biggest like how would I say is um 
training partner. Yeah, basically. Him, Reese Grady. Um, Reese, Reese is actually incredible too. Today with the mile, he went 15.36. He's just like five seconds off his PB. After a long week, that's that's insane. So um, there's Ryan King. Ryan King is actually a really good puller. Uh, that's that's one of the um, main arguments we have every day in the pool. So, um, but yeah, definitely Jake Mason, who's never having a band on. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of Ryan King, we pulled our audience for questions for this conversation. Ryan King did want to know what, or sorry, who is your favorite person in the distance group? Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> It's <laughs> um I can't say that. I don't have a favorite. Um not you, Ryan. <laughs> not you, Ryan. <laughs> oh no, no. Um I think training with the best, like training like in the training part, my favorite is definitely Jake. I could say that, I think, because we just push each other. Like he's so much of a training guy, like he does incredible sets too. And um, he's trying to get better in the in the in the racing part, which is I think awesome. Um, but at trainings, he's cracked, that's for sure. Um, but I don't have like a genuine like favorite. I, I wouldn't say that. I, I have a question about your kick strategy for the sixteen fifty or even the fifteen hundred, like, like you're talking about then, because you know these distance summers are different. I mean, in my day, Perkins kick from beginning first 25 yeah. uh we have swimmers who use their kick almost like a balance like a lever so they can get pressure for their kick right at boom and they, they leave a stabilizer fin almost but most often most of them are hammering the last hundred you know you, you, you're going a 26 long course bobby fink style and you're hammering mm -hmm. that legs and raising your hips what is your ideal strategy for your kick how do you use your kicks and how does it change perhaps during a mile i think so you said option a b and c it's yeah. somewhere between b and c right so i don't really do like all kicking yeah uh, i i can actually say examples for people who does that for from my like experience Roshovsky definitely do the option a he just wow. kicks all the time which is wow. which is which has been working out well for him he went um i think uh 14 51 i think that's wow. his best time so for sure um i i think akos kalmar who just stopped swimming. He's one of my greatest friends in Hungary. Um, he did the balance thing a lot. And I think his best time somewhere around there too. He definitely went under 15 minutes, that's for sure. I think he got the second fastest time in Hungary. Um, like like all time. Um, and I think there are people like David and me who just do like last 50, last 100, just go all out with the kicking. Yeah. Just do a sprint in the end. And uh, I think that's the most um what people can achieve with it because it's like definitely a way where you can go all out in the end and, and then don't let, leave anything behind yeah or, i know we're talking a lot about the men but i really feel like katie ledecky really kind of made this even more clear with her you know 1500 range and her really having a predominant just balanced two beat kick for almost the whole race except for maybe the last 50 do you think she has really kind of paved the way or influenced all the guys that are swimming and, and kicking like that? Yeah, definitely. I think like all of the greatest swimmers who's like up there influence, influencing right now, the next generation, that's for sure. Like 
even for me, I, I remember watching Katie Ludekis swim like when I was a little kid, like not little kid, but like a few years ago. Um, and I actually got influenced by it, definitely. But <clears throat> I think most of the swimmers who, has, who are already on the top um, have a, has a great impact on this stuff, for sure. Something you mentioned right away that had a mental impact on you right at the top of the show is that you said you have a mental coach. You have yeah. um, need to, to work on your on your mental health. You got stronger there. Uh, what are you working on? What is some of the advice you might have? How's it helped you? Just give us a little synopsis of where you're at there. Uh, basically, controlling my fear if I have one. Right now, I don't. So it's it's something that I overcame with. Um, but definitely that, and also my stress. So like being at school, swimming so hard, all out every day racing against your enemies it's like it's it comes with come, comes with a lot of stress right mm-hmm. and that's just like to handle it it's not easy to do that alone and i think every basically everybody like everybody in sports not just in swimming but in sports general should have a mental coach who like trying to go like in a professional way for sure cuz it just gains so much advantage like how you um, put your mindset towards what you're doing today, tomorrow, or at the race. It's it makes such a difference with a mental coach. Then that I think that just they should make it like a must. Thousand percent. So so let's get a little deep here. Fair fair of what? Fair that you're not going to be able to make the workout. Fair that you're going to fail in your eyes, in your friends' eyes. Fair of the pain that might come. Fair of disappointing others yourself. Like what's an example? But for me, it's definitely disappointing myself. Mm-hmm. I don't really care about anybody else's opinion. That's my mindset. I don't. Okay, that I I can, um, I can listen to a great critique, right? Because we always gotta like improve ourselves. It's not easy to like. If you only listen to yourself, it's not gonna be good at all. So you need somebody to like tell you what's the real way of what you're doing. It. Um, but. For me, it's definitely the fear of disappointing myself because I, when I was like 16, 17, I did that a lot of times when I was like not swimming PBs, not swimming good like swim times in a mile in the, in the 400. And after that, I was just done for like yeah. the rest of the races. And that's something we, you got to overcome with and just focus on the next step. Like we got to stand on business like Bob said. Um, yeah always like got to handle your business. Don't worry about anything else. Um, and that's what we do here at ASU too. So just to get that like a little bit more to you, you should have a mental coach who like actually tells you and goes into the details more. Yeah, a thousand percent. Uh, if I was an ASU swim team right now, I'd have a fair Bob for sure. But I would, but it would drive me. It, it would, that kind of stuff that would motivate me, that push that, 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 yeah. that the practices and stuff that drives me for sure. I hear you. Sure. Me too. What are some, yeah. What are some of the topic um, um, tricks or tools you're using to help you? You know, um, be comfortable with what you do and who you are and a journey you're on. What's some t- a trick you might use or tool you might use? Um, like an actual trick, like what what I do before, like yeah. I mean, t- Tom Shields talks about sometimes he uses like something that triggers him and he stops to do that to make sure it like level sets him to get him back on where he's at before he. You know, it doesn't trigger too far. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, actually, my mom is one of 
my mom is a, a mental coach, right? In Hungary. And um, she taught me something. There's like a brief four, four, four. You got to take in a big, big brief breath, right? For four seconds, hold it for four seconds and then let it out for four seconds and do it over, over and again. And you're going to be so calm. Like, yeah. you got to just like think about the whole race as like an outsider. You won't worry about anything. Yeah. And uh, that's one of my like tricks. Um, but basically for me, what what definitely improved and what definitely improved me and and uh, made me a better swimmer was listening to music. Music mm-hmm. is my, one of my main thing, so that's why like everybody just like sees me with this headset on. I actually have this on, yeah, with my AirPods Max on. I always have it on and just listen to music, calm myself down, and just imagine how I'm gonna swim like the next race, like a few minutes before, and then I'm just like. It actually happened because, like, when I was in Hungary, we had a national short course um, championship, yeah. and uh, when we swam the 800, I saw a national record, and, yeah. and um, I just imagined how I'm gonna swim it, what exact time I'm gonna go, and it happened. The mind, the mind, is something we don't really understand. That it, it handles so much stuff that it can help us in many ways, for sure. That's the song of a mental coach right there. <laughs> what are we listening to? Oh, um, a lot of Hungarian music, like go-to music, like Pogan Yindelo or, or Echo, but 21 Savage Rap, stuff like that, of course. Um, and also, like, I love TikTok edit, TikTok, uh, edit musics. <laughs> That's, like, my go-to. I'm just hyping up myself for real. I'm just, like, getting in zone. I think for the most part, you're referring to music outside of the water, but there's been more research on listening to enjoyable music during like stressful exercise and how that can provide benefit. Do you ever listen to music in the water? No, no, I, I cannot do that. I don't, I, we can't, we cannot listen to music while we train. So basically don't, but um, that would be a great way, I guess. Um John, John wants to know because John has stopped being able to swim without listening to music. So he's oh. getting that's that he wears. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, I listen to music in the water, which my mind plays. <laughs> so basically, I just like, like few songs just stuck in my mind. That's why I had my heads, uh, my headphones like until the last minute on. So that's the last thing I hear before jumping into the race. And then when I race, I just like, overplaying it and just like keeping myself hyped the whole time that's what i when you have that song in your head is it like you have the whole song or you have like one five second part on (laughs) repeat for a whole 15 minutes yeah so when i was open water doing open water actually i was swimming a 10k race and um i had this polish traditional song stuck in my head for the whole two hours i was so mad like i couldn't change it but now actually i overcome with it and i I can like it's like a radio station i can just change the music whenever and um and it's not like sometimes it's like like those few lines just a part of the song but sometimes it's the whole song so what's the polish song let's hear it (laughs) (laughs) yeah daddy in my mind again Okay, but I want to know what's the what's the worst song you can imagine having stuck in your head? Is it that one? 
Uh, probably yes. Or like some. I like jazz, but to swim to a jazz song, no. <laughs> <laughs> chaotic. <Yeah. laughs> Hey, um, you you mentioned something to remind me of. I mean, Hungary is one of my favorite swimming nations for sure. Powerhouse, and um, yeah, your, your breathing conversation reminded me for a little his history here. In at the '96 Olympics in the 200 IM, there was a guy in lane one or lane eight, outside lane, Attila Zen. He comes over in the 200 IM and he breathes every stroke on the on, on the 53, on the 50, the last 200 IM, every stroke. Wow. And he and, and he that maintained energy and he won from the outside lane. Unbelievable. So when he was got this? Uh, 96. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Attila Zena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Attila Zena. Okay. Attila Zena, yeah. every stroke, right? Yeah. And and I can, I, I have the heroes of mine, Hungarian swimmers, Egezegi, uh, Kovacs, uh, I mean, Laszlo, of course, Katinka. Yeah. You said a Hungarian national record show cost me. Just talk to me about. That I mean, ha- have you been inspired by the Hungarian? You know, your coaches, Naji, uh, uh, famous coaches, famous swimmers, the pedigree. They're talking to me about, you know, how's are you a swim nerd? Has that influenced you, Hungary swim story? Absolutely. Like yeah. Elaslo was one of my favorite idols. Like yeah. growing, when I was growing up, um, still, still, he's like yeah. um, a like one of the all-time greatest. He was a bit like overshadowed by Michael Phelps. I would say that but but sure. if Phelps wouldn't have been there yeah he would have been like a legend no. and I still think that he is and uh, I actually met him like a few times he gave me like when I was a kid and he gave me like advice I don't know if he still follows swimming I hope he does and, and hope he knows my name now yeah. but um but yeah he was one of the main uh, idols I had in Hungary yeah. um and from outside of Hungary I guess Chad, Chad Leclerc. Yeah. Was also when they when they like like drew up that arm after the finish, that was like, oh my god. I just in Budapest actually. So yeah, that's one of the main like core memories I have of that. I mean, you you're talking about two wonderful humans. I, I don't know Laszlo, but I know everything about him. And 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 just really good humans and hard workers and mm-hmm. racers. This racers. Laszlo is always there racing. Is it that what attracted you to their characteristics and stuff? Just the fact that they're always there racing and tough and seem like really good humans? What was it about them that resonated? Absolutely. They just generally like the good person and um, people. And um, I think how they like look at swimming, yeah. they, their mentality. I actually have another idol um, who's not swimmer, Max Verstappen. I think how he, he drives is something incredible and not just the driving part but his mentality how just like mm-hmm. get locked in like in one second mm-hmm. and um yeah it just like motivates me so much i actually watch like before my race i usually like watch like edits and stuff like just like keep me hyped and um i have some few of max or stuff and and just like listening to it and and getting myself into the zone so basically that but um also yeah for laszlo and, and chad they just like i actually met chad we talked when he was in hungary for um i think it was 2020 or somewhere around that and um yeah we had a great chat and yeah he just such a genuine person so for sure that's that's one of the main things that like made them my idols 
You mentioned yeah. that race, um, you know, with Chad. Is that the the best race you feel like you've ever seen, or or what would you say is the best swimming race that you've ever watched? That's one of them for sure. Um, damn, I don't know. There are a few. Um, <laughs> there is one that the Hungary relay got third in the world champs in Budapest. That's like, but I was in the crowd, so it was it was like the whole Hungarian crowd was just like cheering. The energy was up. Um, but actually, what I would say is when I came to ASU and we were we went to PAX, that was my first like like actual meet in the States. And I, I always thought about swimming as a as a sport for for per person. It's not like a, a team sport, right? Um, but when I got there and we were like cheering for the relays, oh my god, that was crazy. I still had that like stuck in my mind how we were like oh, how we were like excited about it and just like shouting the devils levels that's like something i never forget yeah i'll never forget so i was at the 2017 worlds at in hungary at doing arena and man the the crowd was so yeah. everyone is such a i was there yeah yeah it was awesome and you know the such support for swimming but also all aquatics you know i remember the water polo matches and and everything so it was just such a great vibe at that meet and such great swimming. And Luke kind of mentioned all the Hungarian swimming legends. What are some of the reasons why you think Hungary, a, a relatively smaller country, at least population wise, is so good at swimming? It's the music. It's the music. Come on. <laughs> the Polish songs. <laughs> For sure. But um, I don't know. I think we are a swimming nation for sure. We are football, like not American football, like actual football, for, <laughs> not soccer, football. It's called football. Um, <laughs> nation, but um, I think because we had so much like these idols you mentioned, kids grew up watching them from the TV, from just television and, and just watching them race. And that just like me, that motivated them to, the, to being a good swimmer as they grew up. So, and that made a lot of good swimmers in this sport in Hungary. So I think that has to do with it. Um, the thing that has to do with it, but other thing is that we just race. We just race as, as we can. We're, we're, we're a nation that never gives up. That's for sure. All right, we got a few quick rapid fire questions from the audience. Matt Duran says, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? <laughs> Uh, Revenge of the Sith. That's for sure. Wow. The third one. The third wow. one or the fifth one. Empire Strikes Back. Right. Josh Dang at 5250 says, your, what's your favorite post-race meal? Um, carbs and meat. That's for sure. So basically <laughs> pizza, either pizza or some pasta. <laughs> I eat that before practice. Eat that before uh, races too because I need to like get some carbs in myself so I could handle a mile well. Miles a long way. Uh, this one is most meters you've ever swam in one session. 16K. <laughs> but that's a training session, but I had 25K before, so yeah, as a race. Yeah. But, but as a training session, it was 16K. Yeah. Do they still have the 25K? No, yeah. uh, Europe, Europe, they do. They canceled it in the, in the virtual, so that sucks. I, I, I think Dylan mentioned me before that he wanted to try it out, but 
I, I wouldn't recommend to anybody. It's so hard. Um, also, the training part. That, that sucked because I was there for the 2022 European Championship, uh, open water, and uh, in Ostia. And they had to cancel the race. That's right. The race at 20K. And I was <laughs> like, damn. I literally trained for it my whole summer and gave up everything, like any hangout stuff. Couldn't hang out with my friends. I was just logged in to get this 25k right, and they canceled it. I was like, oh. <laughs> well, let's be honest. You save yourself 25 kilometers of swimming, so that's I not that bad. Oh, no, no, no. I did, I did save myself five kilometers. You swam most of it. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah, that sucks. I know. <laughs> that's so freaking brutal. Unbelievable. That's why. That's one of the reasons they canceled it. Actually. Oh, uh, okay. All right, Schmitzilla wants to know how many Lego sets do you have? <laughs> a lot. Not not one here, actually. I'm pretty sad about that. I might have to change that. But in ho- at home, I had lots of Legos. But my brother like took most of it, so I'm just a bit mad at that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, a lot. I'm a big fan. I actually have like thousands of no, not thousands, but hundreds of Lego sets for sure. Wow, hundreds. Sorry. Hundreds. 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 Like, yeah, hundreds. I was collecting them since I was like a child. So, Holy. Wow. All right. Last one. This is from. <sighs> yeah, yeah. That's like, <laughs> Mando. Peter, yeah. Mando. That's cool. How many hundreds of sets do you have, Luke? We have two massive boxes, like the size of me in our garage. And we're still collecting. It's insane. It's like yeah. millions of dollars. I think that's my stock market right there. <laughs> millions. <laughs> you hear that, John? Luke's pumping himself up, saying he's massive now. <laughs> exactly. All right, last one. This one's from Greta 14 How is he so cute? Oh. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about looking cute at Pac-12s and NCAAs. Um, college season, like we talked about earlier on, is, is going really well for you so far, at least from what we can tell with the times dropping. What are some goals for yourself and, and the ASU team for, for the rest of the season? Well, obviously, number one, we got to go win everything we can, stand up business, do our job, and be NCAA champions. Um, that's our goal. For sure. For myself, it's basically the same thing. I want to win NCs. And uh, after that, obviously now I'm not that I'm going to the Olympics. I just want to do great there. Maybe get a final if yeah. everything's on my side. Um, yeah. But before that, obviously we have, we're going to have back 12s um, I got to race hard there too. Mile thousand. There is no thousand actually. Which I'm, I'm curious about. Why didn't they have, uh, why didn't they have thousands in these meets? I don't know the reason why. Dude, the more important question, and no offense, is why do they have it at the beginning of the meet? This makes no sense. Oh yeah. Uh, well, for it me, it makes sense from from a logistical standpoint. It makes sense because you get a nice break for all the people that swim the relay. But from a swimming like excitement standpoint, for most of the meets, when there's not somebody like you who's swimming so damn fast, okay. then it's just like excitement, and then we take a 15 minute break of excitement. Oh, you're saying that the thousand is irrelevant. <laughs> I mean, that's what, the, that's what the NCAA event order would argue is that it's okay, irrelevant. We don't even put it at the championship yeah. meet. Um, I don't know why they put it there, but 
for me, it's actually great because I can spend a thousand and then I have some time to rest and do another event. So for me, yeah. it's actually an optimal thing, but but I don't know why they put it first. Well, actually, I think the there's an argument for them to add the 100 IM to NCAAs too. And I don't know where it would fit in the event order, but if you were to add the 1,000 to NCAAs, where would you put it? Uh, oh, no. Definitely not, not on the same day as a mile or a 500. So um, some of the other two days, I don't know. You got a preference for which order you go in for these things? Like personally, I would always prefer to have the 50 free first in a meet and then the 100 free later, but like it always switched. And so, you know, I, I liked going faster first when I was fresher and then later in the meet when some fatigue had set on, go for a longer event. Do you, do you have a preference for that? Um, well, in the nationals, we always do like the mile first, first day, um, then a 400 free or 400 IM, then a 400 IM or 400 free, and then the 800 free in the last day. So I have always been swimming like that and it was doing okay for me. Um, I would definitely say that the mile should be first. The mile should be like the first event and that's just going to like kill most of the people who are not going to like like you can't really hold endurance until the rest of the meet and that's where i come in i am gonna just like swim as as the same as 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 the mile and the rest of the events so i think i should put it first heats and finals or circle seated for the 1500 uh, heats and finals would be great it's it's good that they have it olympics yeah for scs i think it's it's good that we have like just we, we just have to sweep once <laughs> But for Olympics, for sure, that's 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 not even arguable. Yeah, but then you have to have done a 1500 all out to make the finals and the next day try and make a medal in the Olympics. Yeah. That's all. So do you rather that or do you rather just go for it once and see what happens and the guy in heat one wins? I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's best for most of the people. For me, it's 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 an advantage because I can, since I was an open water swimmer, I, I can host stuff for a pretty yeah. long time. And for me, it's good because I'm going to go all out front, all out in the prelims and then all out in the final. Yeah. But well, yeah, there's some guy that might suck. Yeah. <laughs> so you glossed over winning it all, or you just like mentioned it, but I want to go back because it does seem like we have quite a rivalry going between you and Cal now. You have won the last two dual meets. You guys won Pac 12s and, and we're pumped about it. Well, you know, Cal was mainly wearing practice suits at Pac-12s last year and focusing on NCs, and, and they ended up winning NCs last year in a, a great team battle, a closer team battle than I think most people expected out of you guys. For sure, for sure. So what's that rivalry like now? Because I think it's a pretty new rivalry with you guys just kind of exploding on the scene the last few years. Yeah, um, they definitely are number one i wouldn't say enemies but rivals right now that's for sure um i don't know exactly like how long have been our like team fighting against them but right now it's definitely going down and we're gonna have a great time a really great races in the future and nc's gonna be hell of a race that's for sure <laughs> Yeah, I think the the sad thing is with uh, the Pac-12 kind of dissolving a little, a little bit of that rivalry might change. But, you know, Texas and Cal were the main two rivals, and obviously they're in different conferences. So I think 
if you guys continue to be up there, I mean, could be a two or Texas is definitely not going to be going anywhere. Even with Eddie uh, stepping down after this year, it could be some some great rivalry matches in the future. That's for sure. I think the same. And I, I, I was just going to say, um, w w how does knowing that a time you did at a drill meet would have won NC's last say, how does that affect you? I mean, you have to worry that, oh, my God, I don't want to get too overconfident because you, you know, it's NC's. You never know what happens. But it does give you a hell of a lot of confidence in practice. Like, oh, well, shit's working. I know some, something's happening. Like, how does that affect you mentally in your training? Okay, so quoting from Kung Fu Panda, past is history, tomorrow is a loser, and today is a gift. That's why it's called present. <laughs> Um, I don't care about the past. I don't, yeah, I don't really look at the times. I don't really look at the comments. I don't do anything. I'm just minding my own business. And that's one thing I think everybody should do if you're like a competitive swimmer um, or any athlete, basically. But yeah, I, of course, I heard that it would have won NCs last year. Um, I don't really mind it. This year, it's going to be different. Probably the winner time is going to be a lot better now and um we'll see who i'm going to swim against to achieve the goal but but at the same time okay on the world scene the, uh, your event is is has got suddenly extremely fast and extremely deep we i mean from short palancheri to within to we have a bunch of guys going you know uh think going, going 14 32 14 33 14 34 it's insane all of a sudden, I mean that that. Rip. Are you paying attention to that? Are, are you looking at what's going on half an hour in Indiana? Are, are, are you are on your radar, and that drives you to some extent? It must, right? What's going on? Yeah, obviously, that motivates me to me to be a better swimmer at every event I can. Because, like, I wouldn't say I don't look at every result. I, that's not true. I I do watch races internationally and nationally in the U.S. I do watch races. I do keep up with the times. Yeah. And um, but I don't look at them as like 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 threats. I don't do that. I just think that okay, let's go. Okay, that guy's some like a pretty close to time to mine or or even a better one. I'm just gonna have to race him then and I'm gonna have to beat him in the next time. So yeah. So you mentioned getting in the final of the fifteen hundred at the Olympics as a goal. That's yeah, for sure. That's one of my biggest goals. Is there going to be a world record in that race? Well, for somebody, I guess, um, I'm a rookie. I would say I'm definitely a rookie. <laughs> and that's, I think everybody who's swimming or doing some sports, uh, their goal, their dream basically is to have a world record or broke a world record. Um, I would lie if I would say that I wouldn't have imagined swimming my swimming a world record in the in the mile at a race myself but i guess we'll see what the future we're gonna bring um this olympics i'm gonna just mainly focus on doing my best what i can and what i'm gonna achieve with that i'm just gonna be happy with that result um that's already like for me a big thing to qualify for the olympics and i won't i won't get stuck in that thing but like and I th I can dream big, and I'm just gonna shoot for the stars and land on the um, clouds. I don't know how to say yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. but something like that. Um, and we'll see how it's gonna go. Uh, often that's great advice. And often um, when you see 
so many pe- people achieving close to a, a barrier you didn't think was was breakable. I mean, Sung Yang's 1431, it was, it was such, nobody's coming close to that. So you know, people are, yes. it gives you the confidence that if if that person, why not me, right? Obviously that's, it's possible now because that's possible. And in the pool of you, you have crazy sets going on with, with Hubie and Leon and, and, and all this, and all the pros that you have going on there. But is there a set or is there something you've done recently in the pool that you touched the wall like, wow, I didn't realize I could have ever achieved that or done that. I didn't know I can hold, you know, 500s under 430 on 445. I don't know. Is there something you've done recently that was a barrier you didn't thought you think you could break and you saw it in a training? Yeah. Um, there were sets which I have done really great, like swam really great times, like hundreds. Uh, let's say like we had 4,800s one time. Like I think it was last week or this week, um, and it was like it wasn't like a, an all out because it was different intervals. We had like a one fifteen interval, we had a one ten interval, and a one o five interval, and the pattern was one 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 two 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 three 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 four 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 three 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 two 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 one one one, and all of like the one o fives one were really hard to like maintain to like do a great speed because I had to like get rest too. So I, the times I had to go like 58, 59s at least were pretty hard, but um, I was the only one who made it, made the intervals. Mm-hmm. And I was a bit sad afterwards because I, I know I could have done better. Uh, or, or for example, I had, uh, uh, we, we suited up a few weeks ago and we had like 400, 300, 200 and uh, 100. Um, with uh, like 10 minutes of in between them. And uh, I swam 353 in the 400, um, 253 in the 200, 151 in the, no, uh, the 300, 151 in the 200 and 51 in the 100. And I was, I was a bit mad. I, I don't know why, I, I didn't think I did great. And then Bob came up to me and was like, you gotta be proud of yourself. Like. You did something that not many people can do in this world. Like we had these trainings. These are just examples. And we do this like every other day, right? Because like every other day we have trainings like this, not especially suiting up, but just like hard trainings, like AK sessions and go all out as you can. And I'm not always proud of myself, but the coach is doing a really great job by telling you that, that dude, you, you crushed that set. You did a really great job. And you got to be proud of yourself. So that's actually something I've been working on because I'm really hard on myself. That's yeah, something yeah. I got raised with. My mom always like, she, she just wanted to push me, I guess, in, in a way that none of, not, not many people could beat me in the future. And um, that is a good thing. But realistically, you should be proud of, proud of yourself a lot of times. So when I said then Bob said that to me that like not many people do, doing their sets like as I did I think I got like okay yeah I, I'm, I'm gonna get there and I'm, I'm gonna beat whoever's in my way to achieve my goals I mean what, what's your best time in a 200 free long course 51 <laughs> 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 I, I went to PB yes right but, or actually, maybe at 50 I don't I don't right. know yeah but somewhere around there. So, yeah. so that's exactly what your coaches are there for and when you hear that from somebody like bob bowman i mean absolutely that that's that's the role and and the staff at esu and, and your support of your mother and your support of the, of the coaches back home 
Yeah, you know, how how important have your guides and your mentors and your support been for you in your career? And how do you lean on them? You lean on them to overcome that fear of disappointing yourself issue or more than that? Yeah, so as I mentioned, I always think like as a real, realistic person, like I always think how the times I'm going to do is going to be good for me or no. Um, as you mentioned, my parents, my my um, coaches have been always there, which is good to to motivate me. But actually, I would like love to give an example. Uh, when I went back to home, I had David Bethlehem and Christoph yeah. Fraschowski by my side. And if I just got to an environment, because I, I had to change clubs, it was a whole different story, but I, I had them and it was like a whole new environment because they were, they actually my really good friends, right? And they motivated me in a way that nobody else could. They understand what I'm going through. They understood that how hard is it to go and swim every time a 9K, 10K, every session, every session and go all out in all of them. And yeah, in just in just any any aspect of life, they just motivated me and made me push myself to the limit more. And we did that to each other. It was like um, giving ourselves some advice yeah, yeah. from the other person. All right, so we got a few rapid fire questions to wrap up here. What's the hardest race in swimming? <laughs> that's that's something like everybody asking. Um, for me, two hundred fly. Huh? I'd rather do a ten k than a two hundred fly. <laughs> I know that's a hot take. That is a hot take. But for me, 200 fly is something I, when I see Ilya doing it, I'm like, damn, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> All right. Olympic gold or world record? Sorry? Olympic gold or world record? You got to pick one. Well, if you have a world record, you might just wait, do, train for the Olympics and win that too, right? So I guess world record for me and um i think everybody would say that who's you know that's something you're gonna be uh you're gonna be in the history books we don't want to pick goal too but world records are more important i guess all right. being the best in the world that's something all right gotta be honest do you pee in the pool <laughs> he's no. european no i mean yeah it's different <laughs> <laughs> Europeans don't do it. They take the shower on the way into the pool and they don't pee in it. All right. <laughs> What's one annoying thing one of your coaches does that you wish they'd stop doing? So what? What's what? Sorry, I didn't what's, hear what's an annoying thing one of your coaches does that they should stop doing? Oh, um, Logan is always eating blueberries and he's just like munching on them while we train, and I'm just looking at him like. I'm hungry too. <laughs> I think that's that's something, but um, yeah, probably that one. All right. What's a what's a dream NIL sponsorship deal uh, that you'd love to have, but you don't currently have? Arena, arena sponsorship. I mean, as a swimmer, that's that's something something that like everybody dreams of, right? Like we need equipments. We need stuff to to swim, swim a good race and arena is in my opinion the best swimming has the best swimming gears that has, has the best swimming stuff 
that depends on people. In Europe, we use Arena a lot. So, yeah, that's one of the main things. All right, Arena, that's one free plug. That's all you get next time this kick is straight, okay? <laughs> Uh, what's one prediction? What's one surprise you have uh, prediction coming for NCAA's? Mm, for the team or for myself? I anything, think, anything in the whole meet doesn't even have to be your team. Oh, um, I don't know. Probably in a mile, it's going to be like fourteen under fourteen twenty to win it. Wow. Okay. All right. And then same thing for the Olympics or in a, in a similar vein, like what's, who's the swimmer at the Olympics that you're most excited to watch? Myself. <laughs> no, no, no. To watch, um, to watch Leon. Absolutely. Or Hubi. Hubi is training so hard right now. And the times he's swimming at practices, <laughs> looking at them, like, how do you do that? That's insane. And, um, yeah, he's gonna crush it for sure. And also Leon just carrying the whole whole French nation yeah. on his back. I guess I, I gotta I gotta be there in person to watch that. That's gonna be insane. All right. What's one lasting thing that is gonna happen at the final Pac-12 championships before conference realignment shakes everything up? Mm. I I don't know. Probably. I don't, I don't have anything in mind for that. All right. Then the last one is always got to ask, especially because we know Bob is against it. How often are we doing social kick at ASU? Um, how often do we do it? Like how often yeah. watch, watch social kick or what? No, do yeah, it. How often do you do, do social it. kick? Oh, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> not really. In my group, in my group. I think we do it a lot, but Bob is really against it. That's for sure. Um, how often? I guess when we ever, whenever the coaches are not looking. <laughs> ASU, you're killing us. Come on, Bob. Let the boys kick. Um, awesome. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, man. We've had so much fun getting to know you. And obviously watching you swim is just so electric and it makes people like us who love watching the sport of swimming so excited about what's to come uh, for the conference meets for the NCAAs and then for this summer too so thanks for being another reason for excitement in the sport of swimming and uh, Zala thanks for hanging out with us thank you thanks for having me it was a pleasure to be here hey everybody thanks for hanging out with us if you're enjoying social kick tell your friends about it and be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick. And you can find all of our content on our website at thesocialkick.com.